no ranger is safe. But our listeners are. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about Shattered Grid, the Power Rangers big old crossover from Boom Studios. I'm Rhino. I'm Ken. And we are the Podcast Rangers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show again. I am one of the two hosts, Rhino, always joined by one of the other two hosts, Ken. Collectively, we are two, yes. Yes, together, we are two. Now, Ken has been pushing for so long uh, about us doing more comic book-related stuff, and I don't know why I have been so resistant, because I feel like I am more up-to-date and on the comic books than he is. Although, at this point, we might be the same, but... Yeah, I don't know if that's accurate anymore, but only for the Ninja Turtle stuff, I think you are. So Boom Studios was, uh, this all happened in the year 2018, and you know the year because that was the 25th anniversary year of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, of the franchise. And so um, they kind of touted this big crossover event that was going to go through the main story, which was um, the MMPR, and then go into uh, GoGo and... Uh, Basically, their big tagline, like I said in the teaser here, was no ranger is safe. Um, And uh, that is actually true. That held true when you get to the story, sort of. Um, Overall, I enjoyed it. I'm just going to say that going in here. It's pretty solid stuff. It was the first time now after uh, however many issues, I believe the uh, Shattered Grid storyline, technically the prologue like for this begins with issue 24. Um, But it does deal with, you know, Lord Draken, which is an evil... Uh, version a, a version of Tommy that never left Rita's side or he did but he decided he didn't want to he went, went back whatever whatever he basically it's evil Tommy still what would have happened if Tommy had just stayed evil um, and he comes from uh, a uh, a coinless dimension you know or if that's what uh, I think I don't remember was there another word for it or it's like an alternate reality but it, they call themselves the coinless because he's the only one who has power ranger yeah. powers over there right besides the ranger slayer and, yeah and we've talked about that like when we first talked about the comic stuff like ha- that is kind of the first larger arc when that's introduced um that world so yeah. it's you're you're treading into some familiar territory so they've been like uh kyle higgins had been laying the groundwork for a yeah. while um and i think that's why a lot of this works and and lands really well like i said i like to get the issues and then kind of uh read straight through so i have a really good like storyline to go through and um because i i just can't wait issue to issue i feel like i end up forgetting stuff uh which is true but then i also feel like i'm reading the comic too fast when there's too many issues regardless i when i read this i was like oh shattered grid is essentially the for me when i first started reading it was this is the event that this entire comic book series was written was created for is what it felt like to me. Maybe not for GoGo. GoGo is for me the comic series that addresses the day to day, where it's about like, well, what was it actually like when the Power Rangers first became Power Rangers? You know, what it, what happened to their like other friends? You know, what hap- What what's it like when they're missing classes? What happens when people start asking questions? That sort of stuff. And so it was kind of that monster of the week, but also dealing with a lot more personal stuff. You know, and it had its arcs as well, but. Uh, 
it was Mighty Morphin was that this other thing where I feel like when you get to Shattered Grid, you're like, oh, this is what they're doing here. Like, and it, mm-hmm. and it's good. And also we've said it, it really does rip open the comics to be able to use anything from any uh, era of Power Rangers that ever has been or will be. Uh, and so it really like creatively, it just kind of like it can do it's It's got a whole it went from having just a little sand pail to now having an entire beach to work with. <laughs> good analogy, I guess. Uh, I guess I was well, going to say analogy. sandbox, but it was um, I mean, it also goes to show how big of uh fans the the writers are because like this is the entire like series is handled by kyle higgins and ryan perot um and it's you can tell that they are fans of the franchise and for this being a 25th anniversary kind of event thing um i think what they touch on in a lot of this stuff uh just works really well or at least there's a lot of fan service stuff that I, I think might have been ignored if you have read like the Power Rangers like archive books, where it's not necessarily written by Power Ranger fans. It was just supposed to be like a tie-in comic book. This is kind of a culmination of fans who grew up watching the show creating something for those same sort of adult fans. It's the type of uh, comic when you read it that you know. It wasn't somebody who said, okay, I got this job. Now I've got to go through and watch, you know, 20, uh, not 27 seasons this time, 25 seasons of Power Rangers. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't expect them to have when they started writing this to have known all seasons, but it's clear that they had a grasp and an understanding of other seasons. And, you know, and, and in a way that you were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this season, you know, with Time Force plays kind of a significant role in this, at least one of the characters does. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, you and I talk about very specific seasons pretty regularly like the same seasons come up like space or spd or um or not spd rpm um and like time force and you kind of see those teams pop up in this storyline and i just wonder if that's just kind of the overall stories for those seasons have such a long lasting franchise effect that it it leads to better storytelling in other facets. Before we talk about this anymore, I guess let's um, I'm going to go through and uh, we decided I'll read the synopsis. Um, so if you haven't read the comic, there is going to be some spoilers in here and it's, I'm getting this from the Ranger wiki uh, that great, great site. This won't, completely make it irrelevant to read i feel, still think it's worth reading but again like i said if you do want to read this i am going to go through the whole thing so turn away even though you're listening <laughs> look away with your ears okay so here's the prologue set a few months after the first story arc of the books the black dragon arc uh lord draken has been defeated and his power coin destroyed by the rangers of an alternate reality including a heroic and younger version of himself so that's the mighty Morphin base comic Uh, He then was somehow transported to the universe of the Power Rangers of the main comic book timeline from his dark alternate future timeline. After being held in a special top secret containment area in Promethea for an unknown amount of time, the Saba from his universe appeared in his cell. Knowing what horrible acts Lord Dracon had committed on their world, including the brutal murders of several Power Rangers, Zordon and his allies, Saba had come in an attempt to kill the evil former dictator before he could do any more harm. The attempt failed and Saba was supposedly killed with Dracon using the headless saber to open a portal to escape. 
in the future, the Time Force Rangers go to investigate a mysterious rift in space. What Wes is doing there is beyond me. But Wes warns that not only is they never address that either, which which well, I, maybe that'll be covered in the Sins of the Future book. Maybe, maybe that's what happens to Wes. He jumps forward in time and goes to live with Jen. And hmm, I don't know if I'd like that or not. I think this was just a mistake and it was supposed to be Alex. Anyway, uh, Wes warns that not only uh, is this the rift in space affecting the main timeline, but also the universes of the RPM and Dino Charge Power Rangers. Getting close to the rift, the Time Force Megazord is ravaged, pulled, pulling in Trip, Katie, and Lucas. Wes tells Jen to escape and go back to the past and fix the problem. <laughs> Get out of here. Go fix it. Uh, you do it. Yeah, I'm busy. Uh, she escapes just as the Megazord explodes, taking Wes with it. Jen is barely able to escape as a massive Lord Dracon looms overhead. Yeah, it's a weird frame. It's one of those where you're like, is, is it just like the illusion to what's happening or is he a physical giant? Well, it's like it seems like he's projecting himself because it cuts immediately after and it's just like him normally. I see. And for me that I take it as more of like, that's the creative comic book storytelling. Like and meta- it's just like, that's, that's a metaphor the, of some kind. Yeah, it's the, it's the looming evil. It's not a literal. Does she acknowledge seeing him? I don't think so. No. Yeah. So I, I think it's more of like a metaphor of being like, Oh, that's what's that. They're about to have to deal with this larger than life sort of issue. But following a failed attempt by Saba to assassinate him, Dracon escaped from Promethea custody intent on regaining his powers and returning to his dimension. Alerted to this, Jason and Tommy confront Grace Star. Uh, Grace Sterling over hiding the fact that she held Dracon without their knowledge. And if you don't remember, Grace Sterling is the original Red Ranger from the 1969 Power Rangers group that all uh, bit it on the moon at the hands of the green Almost Psycho up. Ranger. Oh, yeah, there's a, I'm sorry. It wasn't just her. Two of them escaped, right? Yep. It was it was her in the pink one. Maybe? No, yellow. At Ninjor's home. Dracon convinces the ninja sage to help repair his connection to the morphing grid, which after passing various trials, he does. Dracon is thankful, but leaves the sage unaware of his true purpose. In the command center, the Rangers plot out their next course of action with Billy wanting Trini's help in getting the black dragon working again to warn the coinless of Dracon's possible return and to set up a barrier around the command center. However, this plan is foiled when in needing a break, Dracon snuck into the command center and stole the green chaos crystal. Tommy and Kimberly had taken the slight downtime to get their minds off everything and go out on their first date. How cute however the date soured at the end as tommy attempted to give kim a goodnight kiss which kim rebuffed him as tommy left feeling terrible for such an action kimberly realized that she did actually want to kiss him and followed him back however by the time kim caught up it was too late draken had appeared ambushed tommy running him through the back and stealing his energy to supercharge the green chaos crystal kim began to battle draken and was soon aided by jen but it was too late as draken escaped back to his world and all Kimberly could do was hold Tommy's body as he died. Remember the cover of that comic book when it came out? I absolutely do. Cause I saw that cover before the issue came out because news articles were running with it and they were like, you'll never believe. Yeah. Three issues before it was like, it was like, you'll never believe what happens in issue 25, but we were only on issue like 21. I'm like, Oh, cool. Um, that's basically how it goes. If you follow any of this stuff online, you're going to get screwed in the end because everybody gets like these preview pages and posts and there's like, Oh my gosh, if you didn't read it the first day, then you're a useless piece of garbage. So you deserve to know the spoiler, blah, blah, blah. 
I don't get why people do that. I never understand that. Returning to his world, Lord Dracon reconnected with his army and decided to confront the disturbance they were dealing with. The hyperforce rangers who had accidentally ended up in the universe allowing, oh, excuse me, following his energy signature. Upon learning that Scorpina was making a move to claim Serpentera, Dracon forced the hyperforce team to aid him in stopping her, but forced them to keep Serpentera intact. However, the plan backfired as Marv forced a no-killing policy, allowing Scorpina to survive and Vesper taking control of Serpentera and crashing it into the ocean, though Dracon got his revenge by taking her arm off. Um, some of those names, Marv and like Vesper, are the Hyperforce Rangers. I don't really know a lot about them, so... And in fact, I don't really remember a lot of that storyline, but... I well, I would say like if you're reading this from the the trade paperbacks or the like the larger like hardcover, like that's not included because... Rhino was reading some of the stuff back to me before we started recording. And I was like, I have no idea what you're even addressing because I haven't read the annual since they, they released like that trade of them. Well, the, it's uh, not in the 2018 annual, which is the Lord Dracon. Like he's in every one of those stories. It's all about different seasons of power Rangers, but I don't know. I, 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 I do kind of remember Serpentera and Scorpina being like part of it. I just don't remember the, Hyper or did Force they Rangers. do it for the Hyperforce podcast thing, like the game that they were doing? So, like, was this just part of the Hyperforce? Like, this wasn't in, might, it might not necessarily have been in the comic if this is addressing all the aspects of this multi platform release they did. They did a March 20th uh, recording, or it was released on March 20th um, for Shattered Grid. They had Kyle Higgins and Jason David Frank. They did. Okay, then then that very well could be the story, right? Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't remember this, but I also didn't watch any of Hyperforce, so... Back to the mainstream universe. Zordon informs the Rangers that Tommy is dead, so they decide to place his body back in the alley so that the police can find him. Also, super messed up, but... Days later, the Rangers attend Tommy's funeral when Alpha tells them that Jen is awake. In the command center, Jen warns the other Rangers that the Morphin Grid fractured the timeline into several pocket dimensions, but Dracon is now invading these worlds to gain more power. After most of the samurai rangers were captured, Zordon contacts the Emissaries 3 in order to convince the Morphin Masters to cut Dracon off from his power, but they ignore his plea, denying that Dracon and his army are dangerous threats to the grid. In the meantime, Dracon failed to recruit Dr. K, who discovered how to reverse the Dragon Cannon's effect. The Emissaries 3 are part of the comic book right now, are they not? Yes. Uh, well, at least one of them is. Well, who's the Morphin Masters? Wait a minute. Okay, so, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read you this. because there. So there is a video clip. Like, there's a still from a video clip. So I'm like, okay, well, these must have been on the show. Apparently, they were. The Morphin Masters, alternatively, the Morphin Masters were a group of ancient source excuse me were a group of ancient sorcerers who set the power eggs chest out to sea millions of years ago and this was seen in the episode big sisters in the boom studios multiverse the morphin masters are represented by a trio of emissaries and that is from the 2018 special in issue 38 the morphin masters are shown in a fastback looking vastly, uh, flashback looking vastly different from what was shown in the footage on the show 
The power eggs were two powerful egg-like artifacts sought by Rita. Millions of years ago, ancient sorcerers who called themselves the Morphing Masters set the power eggs chest out to sea. They were found in a chamber guarded by a magical barrier that only an innocent child could penetrate. In the course of Power Rangers preventing Rita from getting the eggs, they were knocked into the ocean and have not been mentioned since. The episode Big Sisters is the seventh episode of the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And in fact, this is the episode where the rad bug is introduced. This is the episode where Kimberly and Trini have volunteered to be big sisters uh, to the mischievous Maria. Do you remember Maria? Oh, yeah, I do. Her voice is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, the monster in that episode is called the Chunky Chicken. I do not. I like do remember this and don't remember this. Like, I don't remember them just like knocking these eggs away. What a deep cut. Am I right? Yeah. So that's Morphing Masters. I need to now know who the emissaries are. The emissaries three are a trio of enigmatic entities who represent the Morphin Masters. Adopting the appearance of Power Rangers, respectively colored red, blue, and yellow, they were shown, uh, they were not shown to have distinct forms, but instead shifted through the forms of various Rangers throughout history. The blue emissary, I'm not going to talk about this because this is going to be a spoiler for me. Apparently, they picked those colors because that's acknowledging the primary colors of Power Rangers that are always used or something. So they are the Morphin Masters or they're not? I'm not 100% sure. That did not. Morphin Masters are in Beyond the Grid. All right. Back at the command center, the Rangers use both the Black Dragon and Time Force technologies to contact Dr. K and the RPM Rangers, only to find out that Dracon has evolved again. And then this time he's accompanied with new allies, the Psycho Rangers, the SPDA squad and Korag. In Dracon's world, the Coinless managed to save Ninjor, but at the cost of Zack's life. Ninjor then reveals to everyone that Dracon is conquering Rangers so he can get access to the Morphin Grid. With Grace Sterling's help, all rangers use her space colony to travel to the world of the coinless and confront Dracon's forces, while Zordon enlists the help of Rita Repulsa to suppress Dracon's powers. The plan almost succeeds, but Finster 5 electrifies them, saving his master. After killing Finster 5 in Act of Mercy, Dracon connects himself with more Morphin energy to assume his final form. Using this final form, Dracon enters the Morphin Grid, defeats the Emissaries 3, and takes possession of the Heart of the Master, destroying the multiverse and creating his own world where he is a hero. Now that all culminates in Shattered Grid Issue 1. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's just the one-off issue. However, it turns out that Tommy had actually survived his assassination. Ranger Slayer's attack in the past overcharging him with Chaos Energy and pulling his spirit inside of Dracon. He taunts Dracon enough to loosen his hold on his power, just enough to free him and the emissaries and go rescue the rangers. The team, with the help of Tommy, is able to finally pull the heart of the master from Dracon's person, causing his world to collapse. Dracon refuses to be saved and stays in his collapsing world. With the heart secured, the emissaries aid the rangers in using the heart to repair the damage Dracon did, but tells them that it can't be completely fixed and small changes would occur to reality. So before we talk about it, there's a, the in the Go Go Power Rangers timeline because I just said the Ranger Slayer. She joins forces with Rita Repulsa to power up the Grave Zord so she could deliver the Chaos Crystal back to Lord Dracon. In reality, she was mind controlled by Dracon himself. But after the Rangers freed her, she reveals the truth to this world's Matthew Cook and then use an arrow powered by the Chaos Crystal against a younger Tommy. 
Tommy Oliver to transfer memories about possible futures, including his incoming death at Dracon's hands. Now, fully aware of the Rangers' identities, Matthew insists Kimberly and the others to entrust their secret, but they cannot answer, causing a permanent friction between them. Returning to the present, the Ranger Slayer was taken asylum by Grace Sterling and the Promethea Agency. The Ranger Slayer's introduction under the storyline was also was a little weird because that's kind of how that's how Gogo was the crossover for this. And, right. you know, it's like she was evil. And now they're doing the Ranger Slayer limited series, which is like three issues and then the free comic book day one. And that kind of explains everything that happened to her. But it's a little. It can it's get a little. Conf- yeah, because. They, they try to do it where if you didn't read all of Gogo, it's still okay. And you'll just kind of be like, oh, this kind of came out of nowhere. But it also has to be important to serve the story that was in Gogo. So I feel like it more or less sacrificed Gogo's storyline to do that than Mighty Morphin. Because they were like, well, we need something in Gogo. So it kind of felt a little forced for me in there. But um, but it, it works. I mean, I think it, I, I, ultimately I enjoyed this whole thing. Like I said earlier, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it clearly is still their moneymaker because I feel like they lean, they're leaning very heavily into Dracon still because I do think he currently is about to play a role again in one of the comics somehow. I don't know, no spoilers because I'm not there yet, but uh, you know, they had the Funko Pop that came out in 2018. I, I know that they released the Dracon figure in the Lightning Collection pretty early on. And then also, this was the big thing at the 2018 PMC was the Dracon figure because it was the very tail end of Bandai owning this franchise. And that was uh, the exclusive to the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, I don't remember at what point in 2018 Hasbro bought out... Um, yeah, I don't remember because I I remember I only bought that PMC thing for that figure, and I don't know if they had announced at that time that that would be like one of their last things. I remember it being people were very upset because the last couple of Lightning Collection figures they put out for some reason the last like four of them had a different box than the original ones. They were white like grayish boxes when all of them had been black up to that point. So, well, I know their acquisition went into effect in 2019 because that's when Beast Morphers came out. And at the 2018 convention, we learned the cast of the new Beast Morphers. So there was a transition already happening. But when they announced the exclusive, I don't think they made the announcement. Like, so the announcement for Bandai being done was after they announced what their exclusive was going to be. Yeah, and I think there was a big thing where we uh, people had assumed at the convention that that might be the last convention because they stopped doing like Transformer conventions or something like that. And so they were saying like, oh, well, Hasbro has one convention. It does all, for all of its properties and that they'll absorb the Power Morphicon because Power Morphicon has usually been sponsored by bandai or you know in this case it was hasbro and so it's always been kind of whoever the official it's an official power rangers convention uh it was a weird time because you were still looking for the toys that were coming out from bandai but knowing that hasbro was about to make stuff and that also was the convention where they announced the lightning collection where they showed they were going to be making the white ranger was the first figure so uh ken talk to me shattered grid like i've said it's it's one of those things and we talked about it when we talked about the comic uh episode before but this i think you're right this is one of those things where it seems like the culmination of what this series was supposed to be about and kind of the event that kyle higgins had in his mind when he started writing from issue one because there is that foundation with the team that you have but 
laying these seeds that become very significant later on. And I think they're handled really well for what it is. Like it's a really good event story. Um, it's fairly tight, but we were talking right before we recorded about like, they wanted this to be like a multimedia thing. So there was like a live action short, uh, with Jason David Frank, there was the, um, hyperforce thing and there were, other elements, right? So we were also talking about how it didn't necessarily land, like nothing hit all the right cylinders with that, or like some of it landed better than others. But I think the comic is probably the strongest aspect of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And for being fans of the series for so long and, you know, explaining to people why we appreciate the franchise, why we like it, why it has a long lasting effect on us this is a very good like book to be able to show people and be like, look what they can do with this stuff. It doesn't have to just all be very childlike. That's not to say this, this doesn't deal with the same elements um, or to speak negatively about the show being like kid friendly, obviously not because there's still, you know how much we love that. But I think the knowing what power Rangers can be, from a storytelling perspective, hadn't been handled like that before. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, like, the actual... You, you know, Power Rangers will say, I the beauty of Power Rangers in space was what it brought to the franchise, which was the overarching stories. It said, okay, well, we're going to acknowledge that kids are watching the show beginning to end, or whoever's going to watch the show, not just kids, but we're going to acknowledge that people are fans and have been fans for years. So now let's make a story. Then with each new season, we'll, we'll carve out an actual purpose behind it. This was the first time that I felt like it was finally like, okay, well there's people out there who have watched it from the beginning. Let's give them something, Mm -hmm. you know, not just people that are casual fans, like make, make this for everybody, make it for somebody who maybe is only reading this comic book and knows nothing else about any of this. Like, okay, they can read this and kind of still follow it and understand like, yeah, there's power ranger teams that are out here. But then also if you're a diehard power ranger fan and you know everything and have seen everything to do with power rangers, there's going to be little stuff. It might just be in one frame and you can see like, Oh my gosh, there's that, like including the hyperforce rangers in the story at all, I feel like is a really deep cut because that is such a niche part of the, franchise because that is tabletop gaming turned into like uh was it on youtube it was on youtube or twitch or something like that i enjoy it because it feel like they even even when not to say that there aren't missteps in uh how they do stuff but at the very least it feels like it's trying to handle it with care mm-hmm and, you know, and, 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 and when it's the 25th anniversary of a franchise that you love this, I, it's kind of the moment when you were like, wow, this comic book that I feel like isn't getting as much attention as it deserves, or at least it's not as interconnected to the show as it should be is, is handling this show's legacy so much more impressively than the thing that's on television. And the thing that's on television is the moneymaker of the franchise. So it's this weird disconnect. I am sure that the big thing they're going to reach for at some point will be shattered grid. The big, whatever the big outside of the box thinking thing. I don't know what that is. A Netflix special, a new movie, a whatever. I feel like they're going to reach into this storyline and be like, okay, well we have a thing that we know people have so positively responded to. They are gobbling up this Dracon merchandise because that figure went, you know, twice. It went for Bandai, it went for Hasbro, 
and now they have the evolution three figure coming out. And so they know it can be a moneymaker. I, I, my issue, I guess, is that like, I hate that it basically was like, and Tommy again, <laughs> like, I mean, it's clever because it uses the guy that we most know as being it, it addresses that idea in the fandom where they're like, well, this guy had the had the pull back and forth between being good and evil. So let's elaborate on that really interesting story. And, you know, and that's I guess that's kind of more on Power Rangers being like, well, there's there's, you know, we'll say, you know, oh, well, there's Corone becoming both Astronema and then the Pink Lost Galaxy Rangers. So then we got our one-off with Boom Studios with that. And then people are like, whoa, what about Time Force? Jan and Wes, well, we're getting our one-off with that. You know, so I do feel like there is a franchise that is being like, yeah, we agree with you. There are amazing stories that could exist within here. And we're trying to figure out how to tell them. I mean, I applaud them for what they did with this too. It's clearly it works on, on multiple levels. But I agree the the kind of tendency to fall back on the Tommy stuff is like, I don't want to say tiresome, but it's, it's just repetitive. Wrote, wrote, I guess at this point, um, repetitive. Yeah. And it's, you see it like if they depend on it in the comics like this, you're getting to the end of the mighty Morphin comic series right now. Like as we know it, right. Um, within the next few months. And, you were saying it is a, a Dracon thing again, so it's a very Tommy-centric aspect to the point where you have two Tommies on the team. I don't even... I mean, I'm assuming. I don't know who they are, but there is a Green Ranger and, like, a White Ranger, right? Or, right. So, yeah. even if you're just talking about iconography, it's... Yeah, it, it, it's it's, recog- it's two recognizable Tommy suits. Whether they are Tommy or not is another story, but that is a green ranger and a white ranger from mighty Morphin power rangers on the same team. Like if for all we know, remember in the, the boom studios comic book gave us the origin of like Tommy shield. Why is that different from the other things, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you know, it gave us the original green ranger, which was, I believe a woman. Um, and so there have been some really, it's like what you said, like there are stories here that don't just relate to him. And he just, they're kind of trying to say, well, he inhibits some of the, you know, most, most dangerous or iconic powers that there have been. But going from what you just said about it being like, Oh, you know, Tommy and the tiresome stuff is that, and we'll talk about it in next week's episode. Cause we're going to talk about the 25th anniversary episode as well is that it's become a thing because that's their like go to, okay. People love the green ranger. We need to green ranger is that, it's almost made it too much about him that now it can't undo that. It'll take time to be able to undo that and make it more important about somebody else. But, you know, I'm not going to not give him credit for being a crucial part of the franchise because he did come back. I mean, Power Rangers Dino Thunder was however many seasons into the show still like, honestly, at this point in time, it is considered earlier on in the show, which is insane to me. But, Mm -hmm. uh, he was kind of the first person to really significantly come back for a period of time. And I, I wish they would repeat that success again with other Rangers so that we can have that importance of this franchise that is about people of all different walks of life, all people from all different, uh, Uh, cultural backgrounds, all that sort of stuff working together. So I don't want it to keep being about this one person. I would be more interested about the goody two shoes, perfect ranger turning evil. Like when Billy, Billy dealing with the, the fact that he was 
kind of crucial in setting these uh, issues in motion, I thought was really interesting in the first part of this, the comic book series and the first issues. Like, I think that happens like 16, 17. It might even be earlier than that. I don't know. It's the first time they transport over to that alternate dimension. I know it's because of something that happened to Billy. So it's, it's like, it sets, it sets up too much on one person when there have been at this point over a hundred different power rangers. Right. I would say that's a safe estimate. Yeah. There are other Power Rangers. And then also, when I'm not even counting like the Solar Rangers that are going to come, come around in the comic book. You've got Ranger Slayer now. Mm-hmm. You know, Dracon is his own thing. I- I'm glad that there is there is some lean into the Ranger Slayer because I love the idea of... I, I love Kimberly getting kind of this vindicated uh, treatment because she's she always was... If you ever watch, like, especially in the first part of the first season, she's very much like the Valley Girl of the team. She's like, yeah, guys, my hair won't fit in the helmet. And well, and then to see Kimberly as being like this one, I'll murder your family. Like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, like, see that to me is interesting because that's like, wow, how did that girl become this girl? It was like, Tommy, when we meet Tommy, Tommy's an evil person. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's, it's not changing any expectations except the fact that people are like, okay, well he ends up being a good guy. And it's like, well, what if he didn't where you see the thing with Kimberly being the Ranger slayer, like you're subverting expectations and then she becomes good again, but she still has an edge to her. Right, yeah. I don't think we see anywhere else. Well, and I, that's why I kind of really enjoyed the pink, uh, the spinoff series that she got, which was basically picked up where she had left in time with the show. So it's not, not necessarily a hundred percent, a continuation of this comic book series. It's like its own thing uh, because it takes place in Paris where she left, you know, if you remember she left in season three, um, and it's kind of like, well, what would our Kimberly do? You know, and then you've got the Kimberly, like, well, what if the world ended? What would that Kimberly do after she's a Power Ranger? And what's interesting is this whole series was kind of, I, I know it was t- started from like Tommy's perspective. And I do really appreciate and respect that because I've always thought like, wouldn't he kind of always have Rita's like voice in his head? And that was kind of where the show started. So it was kind of, he's or the show, the comic book started was okay. Well, he, we were introduced to him as evil. How do we work backwards, backwards into him becoming this iconic power ranger, you know, to mm-hmm. becoming what they'll say in the 25th anniversary is basically being like the best power ranger, whatever. Like everybody well, would like, trust Tommy. And I want to be like, why Tommy's always turning evil. Why would you trust Tommy? Like you can be thinking now about, this because I went into this and I was like, yeah, Shuttergood's still good. And now you're like, yeah, but, and now I'm second guessing myself. It's very good. Don't get me wrong. It's just now there are things about it where I'm just like, yeah, I have a problem with this and I have a problem with this, which I guess is valid for any larger comic thing that you might read. Um, I think Listen, it works for an event series. Well, the- I was going to say this event series you know, it's not bad by any means. I'm not saying I don't even dislike. I, I mean, I like it. I don't get me wrong. I don't mean to be speaking just, ill of it. I've it, read so many bad event books from DC and Marvel where it's just like, I can't believe I wasted money on this. And this, like, I felt good about multiple times when I read it. Like, I've purchased yeah. it multiple times. Yeah, well, I, I, I also, it got the franchise 
a lot of eyes back to it, whether it was people that have been reading the comic book since the beginning, or it was like you said, all of the kind of announcements about what was going to happen, that cover of Tommy being having Saba through the back uh, with Jen in the alley. People were like, what? I remember these. Th- I'm going to read this comic book now. And I know there are people who are only starting to read it right now because of the Ranger Slayer stuff that came out with mm-hmm. free comic book day in this year. And I have uh, some people I follow online who have been a part of like um, some Marvel podcasts and they were saying, Oh, I, I can't believe I haven't paid attention to this. And now they're starting to read it. And so I respect that for really drawing people into this. I don't want it to be a thing though, where Tommy is going to be the main story forever and always of the comic book though, because that is not the show. And that I feel like is something we often forget is that power Rangers. And like, don't get me wrong. I was watching the first couple episodes of the show the other day, because as of recording this, this is around the time of the 2020 um, power Rangers day, which is August 28th. And, uh, you know, I was watching the show and I'm like, there's magic here. There was magic here before Tommy was here, but Tommy was the like, oh yeah, this is great. Now they've got an evil one, you know, and it, it was all of them together. It wasn't just him. He didn't carry the show, but the problem was, you know, then you've got Jason, Zach and Trini who left the show. And I do like Rocky, Adam and Aisha. Um, and you know, they were fine, but then it's, you know, there was a big concentration at that time in that transition where it focused more on Billy, Kimberly and Tommy. And I love Billy, Kimberly and Tommy. And that was great. But then by season three, it slowly started to kind of become the Tommy show. And mm-hmm. then I felt like Tommy became very centric. And then they were like, all right, well, we have to do something to freshen this up. And then they changed to Zio and Zio worked, but I think there was something where they're like, okay, we're going to have to freshen this up again. And I, when they stepped away from Tommy power Rangers really took some leaps and uh, you know, some chances when it decided to say, okay, we're going to go with a whole new cast. What do we do? And like, I understand turbo almost ended the show, but think about how many amazing shows there are that don't involve Tommy. And for some reason, the show keeps being like, well, it's Tommy, it's Tommy. And I want to be like, the show was is still on right now because of Power Rangers in space, because of Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, you know, Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force, Wild Force, Ninja Storm, you know, and then Tommy comes back in Dino Thunder. Yes, but it wasn't like I hear people talk about SPD all the time, and it's not my favorite one of the shows, but he's not involved in that. I mean, I guess now because of the comic books, technically he is, but... It's it's one of those things where I'm like, he don't keep falling back to him because that is going to discredit all of that stuff you did in between. That is the reason why in 2020, this show is still airing on television today. He's a villain. You're doing exactly what he wants. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, we talked about it in another episode. I think. Power Rangers villains are one of the backbones of this franchise. And maybe that's what it is that Tommy is a great villain. Mm -hmm. I think he's a better villain than a good guy. I mean, one of the most interesting aspects of this entire series isn't like, like obviously seeing him go around to the different dimensions or, or different like timelines and you seeing those other Ranger teams and having him essentially take their powers uh, capture them, imprison them, what have you. Um, but it's not that that sticks with me. It's this dynamic he has with Finster 5 that 
I'm way more interested in than anything else. And that's taking a character who in the show doesn't have a ton to do aside from making monsters, right? And being kind of just a punching bag for Rita or Zed. And they do something really unique and interesting and kind of give him this other like aspect with mixing with like Alpha or what have you. But like there's some weird dynamic between them that I don't fully grasp. And I I want to see that would be the the more Tommy aspect that I would be fine with if for nothing else than to get more Finster five. But I digress. No, I, I, I mean, there are interesting aspects to that character, and it's like, I want to see that love and treatment, and I guess we're getting that with Kimberly now. Uh, I want to see, see that more extend to some of these other characters, and the Omega mm-hmm. Rangers are going to get that, and that's going to be kind of our window into the other franchises, and I get it. Power Rangers is, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is iconic, and so it's, I am I am of two minds. I want this franchise to reach back through its history and embrace it more and more. And no, I don't always want it to be Mighty Morphin, but I want it to be, but if that's what we're going to get, that's what we're going to get. And I'll still be happy about it. I do really enjoy Shattered Grid. I should, I should say that I enjoyed it. I think there was, I remember before reading the last episode, there was a big kind of, uh, I felt like a lot of the people I follow online were like, Oh, it was okay. Every issue that had come out at that point was so like, oh my gosh, what? That then it got to the last episode and people I had heard were like, oh, it's kind of flat, you know? But I thought the ending was good and I thought the ending was a nice setup because I like how they said it'll go back to the way it was, but not all the pieces will fit together. And I was like, okay, well, this comic just freed itself up of really having to kind of stick to any sort of the storyline that existed before. Not that the comic was sticking to that at all because obviously this didn't exist, but do you think that they made good on that? Because we've talked about that before, like this kind of promise that they had essentially like gave us a peek at about like, well, they won't fit. It won't be the same. And it won't like the, the thing that we knew of power Rangers potentially wouldn't be the thing that they would do. And the comic creators wouldn't have to like adhere to whatever existed from the show but do you think they made good on that to any like significant degree yet i i'm not a hundred percent sure like i'm not sure i can answer that completely like confidently because the event that followed this immediately after was beyond the grid and that takes place in its own little pocket mm-hmm. universe and timeline basically because it was part of the story the terra venture kind of disappeared or promethea whatever they're calling it at that point so it's its own little story and i'm like okay cool we're getting this like new story with rangers not just rangers we know but they're rangers from a specific point within their history so you have tanya in here but it's tanya while she's in high school it's not like tanya nowadays um and you know she hasn't become the yellow turbo ranger or anything like that yet so it's they're from specific timeline points which i thought was interesting but then when that ends they go back and the series has the white ranger in it and it's it's rocky adam and aisha right and so we're picking Mm -hmm. up right after they've done the power transfer and so you're like okay well i guess we're back to kind of where the show led because you know um like i said we'll talk about beyond the grid in another episode but it's like it it still feels like okay well now we're in season two of the comic book because now the white rangers here i haven't read much beyond beyond the grid 
I've read like one or two issues after that. So I'm still a little behind when it comes to that stuff, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like that was just kind of their asterisks of still being like, listen, this won't be the power Rangers, you know, and I'm all right with that too. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, that's, I think one of those things that would made me the most interested. I just don't know if I've seen anything since shattered grid that I think is as significant um, the stuff with, uh, was it Alpha Prime or is it Alpha One? Um, uh, yeah, the first Alpha, right? That was interesting, and I think that was more unique, but it's it wasn't as groundbreaking as I, I, I mean, I guess I didn't really anticipate anything. I just don't know if they've made good on whatever that statement meant. Um, but again, that's, you know that was something that was said by that writer at the time in the book, which it, the book hadn't been handled by that writer again. So I don't know. That's just my only kind of, I wanted more. I want more. I guess I'm getting more because they're doing another series, but I'm interested to see where the comics are going to go now that they're basically both turning into something new and to see how they move beyond what they're doing. And essentially we now have a comic book about familiar Rangers in brand new suits. And then also Rangers in the iconic mighty Morphin power ranger suit. So we'll see, we'll see how that kind of all turns out and plays out and where they're going to go. I think they're just going to slowly kind of drift away from each other because it sounds to me like the Omega Rangers are going to be kind of tiptoeing into the other parts of the Power Rangers universe. And then that other series is going to stick to Mighty Morphin and like what they've already kind of been dealing with on that aspect, that side of stuff. So I don't know. What do you hope to see in the future from this series? I mean, you haven't read, you haven't read past beyond the grid. Have you? Um, only one or two issues, so I'm not, I'm not fully caught up. That's why I'm, I'm like, I can't speak to kind of these epic ideas that I have in my head about what they may have meant by that one statement. But, um, I don't know. I hope they do something unique and different. I like the idea of the Omega Rangers getting more because I do really love that trio Mm -hmm. and getting them like getting their ability to do something else is neat. Uh, the idea of a Spec Ops Power Rangers team is fantastic and weird. I want to see different teams, though. Like, give me more, like, ongoing stuff or, like, larger arcs with characters that we know from other teams, but make it better than Beyond the Grid was, because that was, like, kind of this just holding pattern, ostensibly. I, th- I think the reason why I like Beast Morphers so much, because while you're... While you were just saying what you're saying, I was trying to think like, okay, well, there are some Ranger teams out there where there was kind of this like, ooh, to be continued at the end. Like, could something come around again? Like, honestly, don't, I can't 100% remember how it ends. Like, I vaguely remember how it ends. But do the Dino Thunder Rangers still have their powers? I would assume so, since Tommy can turn into Dino Thunder Black. Like, what have those kids been up to? You know, um... And we we do get to see what the Dino Charge Rangers are up to a little bit in Beast Morphers, which is nice. But also, I was thinking Beast Morphers is a great example of how you can kind of incorporate that to be continued into Power Rangers. Because that was the big thing at the end of RPM where you're like, oh, it ends with that last little frame of the blinking red light. And you're like, oh, no, 
what's going to happen? Does that mean that they didn't win? And, you know, I think I, it's kind of like, there are some seasons out there where they did such a great job of like finishing the story and being like, okay, but then like Rangers could come back here and there. And it makes sense. You know, um, as far as like, I guess they could create a new event where like, why does it bring those specific Rangers into it? You know, more, I, I think like beyond the grid's fine because it, they were like, it was kind of random and it was all Rangers and those main Rangers in that series who are using their powers aren't the only power Rangers that are a part of that story either. Uh, which is cool. I do enjoy that, but I'd like to see some more. I'd love to see something that is like its own story that starts from the beginning. And it's kind of the reason why certain Rangers from other teams are pulled into the story, specifically them. Like what is it about who they were and what they went through as power Rangers that they're involved right now? You know, I think that's kind of where you like ground, start something from the ground up and make it, make it interesting. And and then I don't care if they have new powers again, like the Omega Rangers or the solar Rangers or something like that, but I'd like to see it be something where it dives more into the character and less into the suit. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, they could also do something like a anthology sort of series too. That would be kind of neat. Like maybe every issue is different. Like, just a one-off on... Like how they've been doing the annuals? Like the annuals are those short yeah. stories about different Ranger teams. Yeah. But instead I, of it being, you know, just five to ten pages of these, like you would get a full-on issue of, you know, what's going on with this team or this team or this team. I'd love... I Hey, if they do that like twice a year or something, because like, I feel like we've been getting one like once a year, right? Because we started like Soul of the Dragon... Then we got the psychopath and this year we're getting sins of the future. I feel like they could up that to like two or three a year and just give us like one-offs here and there. And they don't even have to be one-offs. They could just be that one complete story. And then maybe it's so good that we need another story or something. But I've been really enjoying those to be honest with you, whether they're good or bad or whatever. I still am happy that they exist um, Mm -hmm. because I love that idea of getting that, like I said, that one-off story that I can just buy that one story and read that story. Um, like I, as much as I have said the thing about Tommy, I like soul of the dragon because it does kind of add that end story that we may never get where it's basically like, well, what does the future look like for somebody like this who has to keep becoming a power ranger? And I think it's kind of cool how it's like his legacy is a legacy, you know? And, um, I'll be interested to see what they do with like sins of the future. And um, I like that psychopath acknowledges like, well, we never really know where the psycho Rangers came from, you know, and how they, Mm -hmm. how they were involved with astronomy, astronomy and that sort of stuff. And, and I, I, I love to see, I don't know, maybe there's something about like, what are the lost galaxy Rangers up to on Miranoi? Cause they keep coming back to earth whenever they're doing stuff, but what's going on on that side of the galaxy? Miranoi sucks. Like, uh, we made a big mistake, but somehow it's really easy for us to keep coming back to Earth. We just never explain it. That's how. I'd like to see more of those. Honestly, I would love it. And I know this will never happen, but it's kind of like I feel like Boom Studios has really proved like they've got something really interesting with these stories. They're mature. What I loved about Shattered Grid is how it took Power Rangers to a next level. It took it from this G-rated thing into a PG-13 area. It was a thing where you could read it and still be okay with it but 
there are not Power Rangers oftentimes getting killed on the show. Every now and then they'll be like, they'll be gone or whatever, but they're not getting stabbed in the back with Saba. And it wasn't like it was gruesome. Well, yeah, I know too. How, uh, how not Freudian, um, Oedipus, how Oedipal. Um, (laughs) I, I just, I think it's, I, I, I like that. I like that, you know, there's, there is some imagery in there, but I also like, that they still tiptoed that line. Cause they're like, well, don't worry in the end, we're going to undo everything. So it won't actually matter that he crushed alpha fives or not alpha five, excuse me. He crushed alpha six's head in this issue because ding, 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 everything goes away in the end. Like, but not really because it, that's what they say. It doesn't really go away. Like we're cleaning it up as best we can, but not everything will be correct. I will say I'm looking at the back of this trade. In the, like, what is it? The level three transformation Dracon on the throne with all the crushed helmets. Makes me wish I got that Comic-Con exclusive Dracon. Uh, is he wearing the black suit in that? And he has the cape. I don't know, though. I just don't like that figure for some reason. I think it's because I like the suit. I wish they had done him his white suit with the black pants. Because I think that evolution is like, I think that's like the it's Samurai like the, Zeo. Samurai and Zeo one, yeah. Yeah, that one I feel like is really cool. Um, I just like the black helmet. I'd like to see Power Rangers dip more into that, more mature storytelling, being like, well, there are repercussions. Like, yes, this is for everybody, but there are, you know, that that's life. There are consequences to your decisions. And mm-hmm. they are dealing with this, like, universal cosmic power a lot of the times that, you know, I'd like to see more of that sort of stuff, so... I mean, we'll talk about some of that stuff when we talk about Beyond the Grid, because I think there's concepts that I would like to see addressed that they kind of, you know, gloss over, but tiptoe around a little bit. Like, you know, survivor's guilt, things like that, or yeah, kind of not necessarily like mental issues or, or what have you, but the ramifications well, it- that can happen to someone who is in this line of work and... You know, we never really get to see the impact of that on their, like, stability. Well, you're right, because Jason, we see a little bit about Jason. He gets very obsessive. You know, Billy has, like, the imposter syndrome. And um, you're right. Uh, Does Billy also have the survivor's guilt? Or does somebody else have that? Somebody has survivor's guilt, too. But, you know, they kind of do deal with a lot of it. Well, that's earlier in the comic, like when he gets back to his universe and he's like, well, I, I'm alive, but the other Billy is not. Oh my gosh, Ken. What (laughs) if there is a story about Billy when he left and went to Aquatar and he, there's some sort of aqua, like they use the alien Rangers and Billy and they have to do something. That would be cool. He wouldn't have any powers though. Also, would he be old? Was he old when he left? No, he's old when he leaves, but he's young when he's on the planet. He leaves because they they were they're able to reverse the the aging, but he stays. I with wouldn't them. read that because I don't like the way the Aquatar. You don't like, want Billy to be underwater the whole time. <laughs> no, I don't like their heads. Like they're weird, oh my like, gosh, they look like conch shells. This guy's got a problem with the alien rangers' heads. You heard it here, folks. They really open up creatively what they can do with the comics with Shattergrid. So however you feel about it, I think it's definitely a worthy event worth reading. 
Um, and I think it has uh, opened up a lot of avenues that the series can take. I just hope that they don't uh, keep going back to it indefinitely. Yeah. You know, that they can somehow I, incorporate it moving forward. Yeah. I would say I feel much more positively about it than it sounds like Rhino does. I think you guys should read it, um, even though he hates it. I am coming but, off so negative about it, too. I don't know <laughs> why. Um, like you've just made me sad after this episode because I feel like I have uh, reader's guilt. Like I shouldn't have read this. Uh, no, it's it's feel. good. I don't dislike it. I think it's I, good, I, but I think it's just knowing that so much of the like what we're going to get in the toys and if there ever is an animated Power Rangers, I, I hope it is Shattered Grid and I hope it's like a one off and they never do it again. And it's only but they get as many <laughs> of the as they can. I just don't want this to be the reason why Power Rangers becomes animated and not live action. And I will be resentful for forever, but I'm sure it will be awesome. I am happy that it exists because never in our lifetime did we ever think we'd get something like this with all these power Rangers trying to say, no. well, we've got a storyline where we can, that really reaches across multiple generations of this show. You know, how, mm-hmm. how many, there's not a lot of things in life that in like our lifetime that have done that in our lifetime, maybe never. I mean, Doctor Who tried to be aggressive with it's like 50th anniversary, right? And bring back a couple of the doctors and stuff. And yeah, but I mean, like Ninja Turtles did a movie in 2003, like to end their series where they crossed over with the 80s uh, or the yeah, the 80s cartoon and then the comics. But that was like a not good movie. And that's <laughs> only four generations, right? Or three generations. Right. Like the, uh-huh. we're talking like 27 seasons of a TV show. Mm-hmm. It tried to be like, OK, well, we're going to celebrate. Uh, we're going to celebrate as many as we can and also incorporate as many elements from all these different series into the show as we can. And I I think it does it well. So it does it definitely better than a legendary war. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, the legendary war, when you bury the 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 line underground, anything can be over that line. Right. Over that bar. <laughs> um. Well, uh, you know, this was episode 24 of our podcast, and this is important because I feel like the comic book and the TV show are going to start to inform each other a little bit, and we'll see some of that carry over into uh, the episode Dimensions in Danger, which is what we're going to talk about next week. Um, So anything else to say about Shattered Grid before we go? I don't know why he hates it, everybody. A shattered good time is what I'll say. I'm leaving us on such a bad note anyway. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, If anyone wants to get in touch with us and rip us apart about uh, and complain to me about any sort of critiques I had about Shattered Crid, please do so. Mostly him. Uh, Yes. uh, Podcastrangers at gmail.com or on Twitter or on Instagram. All the same. Podcast Rangers. We want some feedback, future episode suggestions and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, like we said, next week, we're going to be talking about dimensions in danger. I am feeling really bad about, I might've come off too negative about this now. So I'm going to apologize at the end here. I'm sorry. He's going to record a special thing at the beginning to be like, I'm going to come off as negative, but I love shattered grid. Uh, enjoy the episode. That's the beauty of being the person who edits these shows. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sometimes cut together. Ken's what Ken says to make him sound really mean. I hate video games. (laughs) Oh, I did actually do that for uh, an episode for our turbo episode. You didn't. There was no intro with you. So I cut it from other shows.
<laughs> Fantastic. All right, time to go. <laughs> Bye. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And again, send us your comments, questions, concerns, any sort of topics, and we'll see you next time with another episode of Podcast Rangers.